Welcome into the Shot to the Side podcast. You're listening to f- episode 53. Uh, we're looking at the play-in, a little bit of look ahead, uh, going into the games on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then possibly Friday as well. Uh, we'll also have Matt's going to do a uh, lightning round for, for uh, you know, change it up a little bit uh, since, you know, I kind of want to answer some questions, maybe get some questions right, probably get some questions wrong, depending on Matt's questions. Uh, but good to see you guys in here. We got Matt and Adam. Uh, how are you guys this Easter today? Uh, good. It's been a pretty hoppy Easter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, me and Alex have been just getting a little, uh, little, little bit of our drink on in the early Easter here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> just a little bit, just a little bit. But I, I know a lot. Maybe of- a lot of it. <laughs> I know there's I know there's still like a lot of people that I still talk to that their families still do like the Easter egg hunt and like people our age still partake in it. So I was like, damn, I wish I wish I was still that age where I could, you know, get it, you know, find some eggs and, you know, cash in on some money, maybe use it for some prize picks or something. But unfortunately, we are not. I feel like we're just too we're too old for that at the age we're at now. But um yeah you're never too old for that i mean i still remember the good moments (laughs) though i mean anytime you'd open up an egg even if it was like chocolate or like some sort of candy and then you'd open up another one and it'd be like a ten dollar bill and be like wow grandma was the best for this one (laughs) but i'm freaking rich over here (laughs) a lot of good memories from from easter another good easter for for the boys here but um looking ahead i mean the regular season just ended today or i mean as soon as this comes out it'll be yesterday uh now we you know we'll get the best part of the nba season which is the playoffs and uh until then though we have two games apiece this week starting on tuesday with your seven eight seeds in both conferences wednesday we will have the nine ten matchups on both conferences and then friday the losers of the 7-8 games and the winners of the 9-10 and 10 games will play a game on Friday for both com- conferences to decide who's going to be the A-seed um, going forward. Um, moving right into the play-in tournament outlook, guys. Uh, looking into Tuesday, I'm going to start out with the Eastern Conference uh, April 11th games. Uh, number 8 seed Hawks at the number seven seed heat this will be on tnt miami is favored as of now by five and a half points um start off four and a half four and a half four and a half now oh wow they dropped it down um yep wow that's kind of shocking because you know the heat have won the regular season series three to one by average of four points um games have been pretty close so i could see why they would drop it down a little bit more um four and a half sounds about right um Definitely, I mean, if you're looking at the other 7-8 matchup, that game might be a little bit different between the Wolves and the Lakers. But starting off with the Heat and Hawks, Matt, um, I want to hear your take on how you think this game will go. Is it going to go, is it going to be a close game? Or you think this is, you know, kind of a blowout for, you know, one of the two teams? Yeah, I mean, I've... I think it could be a close game. Um, I know last year, I think these teams actually played in a series last year, didn't they, if I'm not mistaken? Um, And that was not very close. But I think 
this is a different uh, Atlanta team this year since they have uh, Jonte Murray now. Adds a little bit more uh, perimeter defense on somebody like Jimmy Butler. Um, or even, I mean, they'll probably put DeAndre Hunter on, on Butler because he's a little bigger. Um, yeah, I, I believe Miami won the series 4-1 to one last year in the playoffs. But that was playoffs, not uh, a playing game like now. Yeah, and I, I mean, if, if I'm not mistaken, Trey Young was awful in that series too. Um, so I think that'll be a big part of this series, or not this series, but this playing game as well is – how well Trey Young can do against that Miami defense. Um, if he can get it going, I, I like the Hawks have a chance, but if not, um, the Heat should be able to roll. Yeah, Adam, no player in this season series with Atlanta versus Miami during the regular season has averaged more than 20 points per game against Miami. Uh Trey's gonna need to, you know, kind of pick up his offensive, you know, mindset. Um going into this and he's going to need some help as well um is this a type of game where you need trey young to kind of put up around 30 points or are you kind of looking at some of those role players like murray hunter collins capella to kind of pick up the slack and kind of carry them offensively to be able to beat this great defensive team in miami i mean the thing going in, I'm, I'm looking at the game cast here. Going into the game on Tuesday, you have Bogdan Bogdanovich, doubtful. You have Clinton Capella, doubtful. You have John Collins, doubtful. I think that, I you think they're Murray all playing. I think that's that, all. Yeah, that was just for okay. that was just for this past game because yeah. a lot of people were sitting out, um, had an end to the playoffs. But I mean, e- either way, like. You need you need Trey Young to be putting up at least thirty points, ten assists, if not even more. And you need you need that bench unit to really emphasize on the scoring slash defense. And I think that's where Atlanta will probably fall short and, and on the defensive side because their bench isn't particularly known for, for defense at all. Right. Um, and no, go ahead. And, and the way that the Heat team is is kind of portrayed, I mean, they, they, they have a better bench and they have a better starting unit. So I, I would have, me personally, have the Heat easily taking this game. Yeah, I think we I think we kind of all agree that maybe Miami has the better odds on favorite, maybe win this game. Matt, I mean... Looking at it, you know, Atlanta's second best points per game scoring behind Sacramento this year. Um, so, I mean, you know, we talked about, Adam talked about Trey Young. He's going to have to have a good game. Is there a second guy on Atlanta that you're kind of looking at? Like, this guy, if he has a good game, this could make, you know, maybe swing this game in Atlanta's favor. Yeah, I mean, I think somebody that has to have a good game would be somebody like, um, John Collins, I think, with uh, the Heat's ability to go small because of um, Bam at center, I think Collins is going to have a lot on his shoulders in this game um, where he's going to have to play good not only on offense but also on defense if they decide that they can't have Capella out there on um, Adebayo. I'm not not sure how how they'll roll with it, but um, I know – Miami does put a lot of pressure on teams to have to go go small, and 
Clint Capella's not the biggest guy in the world. He's only like 6'10", I think. Um, but there will be times where I think Collins might even have to match up with it. Bam, and um, you know that that is a very tough matchup for uh, Collins if it has to come down to that. So I think uh, defensively, especially. Yeah, defensively, and then another guy I think is kind of like an X factor in the game is uh, Bogdanovich. I think if he can get going and get hot from three, I think um, that can keep them in the game. I, I know. Uh, Last year, he was one of like the few bright spots in Atlanta series against them. He had a couple games where he was knocking down some threes, keeping them in it. Um, but if they're not knocking down shots, um, I don't know. It could be a long night for them because um, Trey's definitely had his struggles against this team um, in the past. And you said it yourself, nobody's averaging 20 points a game even against the Heat. Um, on this team, and I mean, that's pretty telling how tough of a matchup the Heat are on defense. Right. Adam, um, I mean, we points are going to be, I feel like Atlanta's going to have to score a lot of points this game, but also a big thing is, um, especially with this Miami squad, like, you know how aggressive they are on defense, trying to get some of their key players in foul trouble could be a good way of, you know, getting a good, you know, charity stripe team like Atlanta to the line. I think they're 82% in the season, uh, which is third out of, I believe Miami's second, but, um, you know, getting a, a team like Atlanta, who's third overall in free throw percentage to the line and also getting key players like Bam Adebayo or Jimmy, Jimmy Butler or Tyler Hero, some of those players in foul trouble could lead them to, you know, maybe swing some of these, you know, especially in the second half when it really counts in these play-in games. Um, is there, you know, somebody on the bench that you're kind of looking at, whether it's, you know, Bogey, A.J. Griffin, Okongwu, Sadiq Bey, who they just added, um, DeJounte Murray, who we haven't talked about. Um, I, personally, I think seeing DeJounte Murray be aggressive and try to get to the hole and get, you know, Jimmy Butler in foul trouble would you know help this Atlanta squad I guess my question for you long story short but um is there any of those like role players that you're really looking forward to seeing in this playing game versus Miami I think this is a a huge game for DeJounte Murray because he's never really got to experience the the playoffs or play-in games so if DeJounte Murray can be that second star on Atlanta and really push Miami to their limits. They can make it a close game and they could surprise the, I mean, everyone that's betting on the game and maybe even take the game. But do I see Atlanta going further than the first play-in game? Probably not. I mean, they'd be if they do win, good for good for them. But I don't see anything more than just one game. Well, you got Boston in the second matchup. That is the seventh. Exactly. So, and it's not better and, if you lose this game either and take the AC because you're playing Milwaukee. So, those are both two tough series. When and you look at Atlanta, I mean, they're a decent, above-average team. But you look at everyone else in the East and can can they compare and can they match up? Hell fucking no. They can't match up. Like, they're Atlanta. Like, 
they're undersized, and if if they hit, they hit, and if they don't, they don't. And which they they only have so much playoff experience, so we we really don't know what they're capable of. We we know what they do in the regular season, but we we don't know if they're that team. Yeah. Right. Right. Matt, I'll end this off with the Atlanta section for you, and then we'll move on to Miami. But um, we know Atlanta's been to a conference finals before. You know, Miami's been to a finals before. But, you know, Atlanta, not too long ago, went to a conference finals, made it interesting with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, Is this a type of team where you can see it kind of coming together late in the season, or is... You know, is this a tough thing to ask for for an Atlanta team who's had their ups and downs throughout the season, especially on defense? Um, but they they do have a lot of pieces. You know, Sadiq Bay, Dejounte Murray, Clint Capella, who are good defenders, uh, and then they have a number of offensive weapons. Is this a team that you could maybe see, you know, surprising Miami, surprising a lot of people, fans, and teams going into this uh, play-in slash playoff scenario? Um, you know, I could see them surprising Miami and maybe potentially beating them because just because this is a, I mean, this is kind of what's fun about the play-in scenario is that like it's just one game, um, so it's got a real uh, winner go home kind of type mindset, kind of like a game seven in a sense. Um, obviously, it, the loser of this game gets one more game, but um, I think it. They could upset them here, but, I mean, I, I feel like Atlanta would get absolutely smoked by either the Celtics or the, or the Bucks in the next round. Um, I, sh- I think those teams are much better, but um, I, if they get hot, I think they could beat the, the Heat, but I just wouldn't count on it. I mean, they, they replaced their coach mid-year, um, getting Quinn, Sni- Quinn Snyder, I think maybe next year I'd, I would have more faith in them. Um, but it's, it's tough replacing your coach mid year like that. And then, uh, I don't know I just, I don't see it this year out of this Atlanta team. It's not, I think that they kind of got a little bit lucky that year. Um, fortunate that Ben Simmons was afraid of the, the basket. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see them going far. <laughs> yeah. I hear you there. Little Ben Simmons stock right there. I love that. <laughs> Bring him into this conversation. Uh, we'll talk about Miami right here. I mean, for one, the Heat are the favorite probably in this series. They have probably two out of the top three players in Bam and Jimmy. Um, their defense will definitely be, you know, a big part of not only this game, but if they do make the playoffs, a big part of the series that they end up getting, whether it's seven or eight seed. Um, the main question I have for, you know, Adam is. You know, I, I feel like all year Miami has had a huge issue in three-point shooting. Um, they have so many, so many shooters on their team. Whether it's Duncan Robinson, who got paid for his shooting, who hasn't played a lot this year. You got Max Struess, Gabe Vin- Gabe Vincent. You got Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero, uh, Caleb Martin's a quality shooter as well uh, in sp- in spurts. What's been the struggle for this Miami? team to you know not be able to make three points three point shots this year i i don't i mean i don't think that's the way the heat are ran i mean 
the Heat are known for being a, a well, def- like a well-off defensive team. I mean, that's what they've been all year. I mean, they're not going to change who they are, especially this late in the season. So they're they're looking at shutting down the opponent's top scorers. If that's Trey Young, Dejounte Murray. And even the next round, if they make it past it, they're going to be looking at shutting down Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. They're not really a scoring team, per se. They're a lockdown defense team. I apologize for stopping you right here, but, I mean, the way the NBA is played, I mean, nowadays, I mean, you have to be able to make threes. you got to be able to score. Um, the, I mean, the average for teams this year is way up compared to, you know, let alone three to five years ago, you're looking at 20 years ago, teams were scoring 80 to 90 points. I mean, th- you have to be able to score, and especially three points. You got three point shots. You got to be able to make at least like, on average, probably around like nine to ten, is at the low point for for teams, and they're that's about where they're at per game. And and that's why I think that. That's why we saw this huge drop-off between last year and this year with the Heat. Because well, last year, the Heat, they were like the second or third seed, right? Right, and their record definitely is impeccable, or shows from last year to this year, them being an eighth exactly. seed now, I mean, yeah. or seventh seed. And it shows you, I mean, the league is constantly changing. And if you can't shoot the three ball you're not going to be staying at the top of the league. I mean, that's why we that's why we saw the Heat drastically drop off to this play-in team. And they're not that bad of a team. And they, they no. should be a playoff team. And we're probably, I, I can't say this for sure, but we're probably going to see them playing against Boston in the next round. But they are, they definitely aren't the Heat from 2020 or even last year, you know. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the Heat go about the playoffs this year. Right. Matt, we touched on three-point consistency for this team. Efficiency is going to be key for Miami when it comes to this game and going forward. Is there a player on this team, whether it's Tyler Hero, Struis, Vincent, Lowry, uh, Jimmy, uh, that you're looking at? Uh, in this, not only this game, but going forward to maybe knock down those three-point shots and uh, get this team to, you know, maybe score a little bit more when their defense isn't top-notch on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think you're going to have to expect that Jimmy's going to have to make some threes in the playoffs, I think. Um, That was part of why they stayed in that Celtics series was because he was actually hitting some threes in that series. Um, then apart from Jimmy, I mean, obviously he's going to have to have, um, big games for them to be competitive, but, um, some of like the role players like Struess, um, he's going to have to knock down threes. He, he was on fire last year in the Celtics series, um, which was a big part of that. Um, but I mean, it really for them, it just, uh, defense, like if their defense breaks down, I don't expect them to win. Um, so I, I wouldn't really like depend on three point making because that's just not the type of team that they are. Um, I mean, you can hope that you're going to get threes out of like somebody like Kyle Lowry and um, 
I mean, they, they don't play Duncan Robinson um, anymore. Um, he would be a three-point shooter that I guess they could turn to if they had to, but, I, I mean, really, it's Which, just... It's surprising, though, though, because, like, in... I think in one one game that he played against Atlanta, he actually had a good game where he had like, I think he made like five threes in that game, but we haven't seen much of him since. Yeah, I mean, part of it is just he's such a liability on defense, um, and this team basically runs on defense. Uh, another player is Hero, though. Like, it, I think they need to get a lot of offense out of Hero. Um, he's not the best defender, so, I mean, part of the reason he's out there is or main reason he's out there is because of his offense. Um, so if if he has good games, I think he'll be kind of that X factor for the Heat. I, I think you can expect that Bam and Jimmy are going to have good games. Um, and then if Hero can keep the turnovers down, shoot good, um, I think that they could have a lot of success in these playoffs and maybe even uh, potentially give the, the Celtics uh, some revenge. But we'll see. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for me personally, I mean, Jimmy and Bam, you know, I'm not worried about them, what they're going to provide. I think both of them are averaging 25 a game against Atlanta in the regular season. I expect them to be, if not at that mark, but above that mark for this play-in game. Um, but I, I think, like you said, Matt, I think a guy like Tyler Hero, who had a game against Atlanta where he put up a triple-double, uh, I think he's going to have to be not quite triple-double level, but he's going to have to be a guy that can knock down shots. He's going to have to be a guy that can be that secondary ball handler and take some you know, heat off of Kyle Lowry and Gabe Vincent and Jimmy Butler uh, and get that offense a little bit going. Um, and knock down some threes would be you know, welcomed as well. But um, I think going forward, I think Miami's probably going to take this game. Um Let's go through just uh, who we think is going to win this this play-in scenario. I personally have Miami. I think, you know, we touched base on their defense, obviously, and then um, I think I think they'll be able to knock down some shots as well in this play-in uh, scenario. Matt, who you got for uh, Miami versus Atlanta? Yeah, I'm, I'm rolling with Miami, too. I think Miami plays pretty good at, at home. It's a tough place to play, too, and... Uh, their fans actually show up to the games. Um, uh, I know they're fair weather at times, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, but they don't try to go out of the, the arena too early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I think uh, Miami will get the job done. Um, uh, I trust Coach Spolstra, too, uh, more than Snyder, just because Snyder hasn't uh, been with the team too long. He's only been 20 games, and he's 10-10. and 10, So I'm rolling with the Heat. Adam, who you got? Yeah, I, I just I don't think it's as even of, of a matchup as we think. I think it's it's heat all the way. I, I, I just don't see it going any, any other way, unless Atlanta just gets you know crazy hot from the three point line. Right. I mean, if you're looking at um, past matchups last year, four to one in the playoff series last year. And if you want to talk about now in the present, if you want to stay in the present, three and one this year's in the regular season. So uh, it's definitely leading towards Miami. Uh, they're favored in this game. Uh, but I think it will be a closer game than um, we probably would like to see, but or 
probably not like to see, but what we think will happen. Um, but uh, definitely a good game to watch. Like I said, it will be on TNT. We'll figure out what the times are. Uh, have they come out with the times for Tuesday Tuesday's game yet? Yeah, I believe that that one starts at 7 Eastern at, if I'm not mistaken. So 6 our time. 7 Eastern. So 6 Central. Five, five um, actually, 6.30. 6.30 Central. Oh, 6.30. Okay. Is what yep. I have. Yep. 6.30. Yep. Yep. And then um, a big win, I guess you could say, for the Timberwolves and the Lakers today. Um Lakers was a little bit better just because they didn't have any injuries and no internal problems on their bench. Um, Timberwolves, you can't say the same. Jaden McDaniels at halftime, a little bit before halftime, ended up, uh, I think he got upset over a foul call, ended up going towards the tunnel, punched, I think, a cushion or something, a pad, some sort of padding on the tunnel, broke his hand. He will be out for the year. That's a huge loss for Minnesota. Matt, how does this impact Minnesota going forward? I mean, that's basically like kind of like a dagger to, into the, the T-Wolves season a little bit. Um, I mean, our defense has been putrid at times um, in general, and then you lose your best defender. Um, it's not not good going into the playoffs. Um He's definitely somebody that guards every team's best player, too, for us. So that's um, terrible, especially when considering we're going up against LeBron and we needed him uh, for that matchup because he put LeBron in prison last time they played. Um, so <laughs> so I think uh, that's, that's going to be a huge loss for us. So we also are slowly dwindling in our depth, too, because... Nas is out still. Um, Jalen Noel is out still. So there's three rotation guys that are all out um, now, and that's so now you're turning to guys like um, ha- like having to play people like Nikhil Alexander Walker um, and McLaughlin, who have both been very spotty at times throughout this year, um, especially shooting. I know Nas been pretty good at defense, but um, I don't know. He's been atrocious shooting at times. Some like one game he's 0 for five and air balls a free throw. And then the next game he hits a couple threes. But I mean, just that inconsistency isn't isn't great for a playoff team. Um, and then at the same time, you're also now expecting like Ant and Cat to have to go off every game because um, I mean Rudy's not really an offensive force. He's more just a uh, sit on the basket and get some putbacks. Um, Kyle Anderson doesn't really score a ton. Um, TP is one guy that I would say we're going to have to really lean on um, in these playoffs. But, yeah, McDaniels, huge loss for the Wolves. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's It's tough because that was a nice win today. But when you lose a player like McDaniels, I mean, it, it really doesn't feel like a win. Yeah, if you just look at the box score, it looks like a great win for the Timberwolves. Uh, if you look at the highlights and if you've watched the game, it's definitely a low light even after the win. So, um, 
I've never heard of somebody saying uh, LeBron put in prison. So that was a very interesting quote you had right there, Matt. But did you not um, see him in the first half? <laughs> or he locked him up, locked him. Up. No, yeah, I've heard of like locking him up or uh, you know just lockdown defense, something around that. But putting him in prison, that was Ron didn't know what to do. He, <laughs> he, had, it. he had to turn to the old zebras in the second half. Yeah, Ruff, I mean, it's, Ruff. It was just a new term that I thought was uh, pretty pretty creative by you, but um, Adam, um, before we move on to this matchup between the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Lakers on TNT at, uh, I believe it's going to be at 9.30 Central Time on Tuesday. Nine, nine Central Time, nine. so it'll be 10, uh, 10, yeah, nine Central Time, 10 Eastern Time. Um, before we move on to that, uh are you taking anything from the whole Rudy Gobert and Kyle Anderson skirmish? And if you want to go into detail on what you saw there, uh, just to inform the fans a little bit. So, I mean, you know, when you take it as face value, when you saw it originally, you were like, oh, shit. Like, another, another, you know, little debacle in Minnesota. But um, I, I don't think it's going to be anything too crazy, anything to worry about. Because, I mean, we saw Rudy Gobert kind of apologize to the team and personally to Kyle Anderson. So I don't think it's nothing to get hung over up over. But I think, just like Matt said, the biggest thing is, I mean, we're losing Jaden McDaniels in this play, play-in game. And that's that's pretty big. I mean, beforehand, before Jaden got injured, I I liked our chances against the Lakers, but now it's it's definitely up in the air. I'd, I'd have to say. Right. But I mean, overall, I don't I don't think we have anything to worry about with Rudy and and um, Kyle Anderson. I think it was just heat of the moment, you know. Two competitors kind of just hashing it out. Yeah, and, I mean, and we, we we see that with every basketball team, for sure. I mean, you know, for me, it just seemed like when you had Jane go down, like that was already a tough blow for Minnesota fans in general. And then you had the whole fight that went down, and it's like, come on, guys, like when we have one of our best defenders go down, like we need to come together as a team and try to, you know, get stronger, not necessarily stronger off of it, but come together so that we don't fall apart. And it, it seemed like for me that the team was just falling apart after that. And um, that's not something you want to see on your last game of the regular season as you're going into playoffs. And for me, it's no, go ahead. It's bad enough that, you know, the majority of Timberwolves fans already hate Rudy. And when you have, you know, a fan favorite like Kyle Anderson saying, fuck you, go get a rebound. (laughs) It's not a good look for Rudy or for the team. Especially when, like, a lot of Minnesota fans were so happy about last, not necessarily last year of how it ended, but the team that we had with Patrick Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt, um, Malik Beasley uh, and that squad that we had, I, I think a lot of people thought that that team had that con- connectivity towards each other 
and that bond where even if they lost a game or or whatever, it didn't disclude what they were trying to accomplish. Um, granted, you know, winning a play-in game isn't the be-all, end-all, but um, it was definitely a start. And, you know, a year later, we're still in the play-in game. So moving into the play-in game, you know, Wolves won the regular season against the Lakers 2-1. to one. However, both wins came with, you know, one of either LeBron or AD being out. Wolves lost uh, the game when, you know, LeBron and AD both played. Me and Adam were at that game. Uh, wasn't a close game. AD dominated, of course. There were a ton of fouls, but uh, we can't put that as, you know, we can't put it on the refs. We got to, you know, the Wolves have to be able to show up to this game. Matt, what are the keys to uh, victory for this Lakers squad? Yeah, for, for this Lakers squad, I think, um, you know, one of their biggest keys is their defense. Um, really, since, since um, like, post-All-Star break, they've been one of the best defensive teams in the league. They're fourth best in defensive rating. Um, also, I mean, this is considering when they're fully healthy, too. So um, it makes a big difference uh, when, when this team's healthy on, on the defensive end of this, uh, the ball because... You got AD, who's, in my opinion, one of the best defenders in the league, if not the best, um, especially at, like, rim protection. Um, I mean, he's athletic enough where he can keep up with um, guys, like, uh, coming out to the perimeter. He's not like not like Rudy in the sense that he has to be in drop coverage all the time. Um, and then I just think uh, even on the perimeter, like, guys like Jared Vanderbilt can cause people problems. LeBron... Uh, doesn't play defense all the time just because his age now, but when he does want to play it, he plays it at a high level. Um, and it's also just one of the smartest people on the court too. So he's always looking in passing lanes. Um, and then even just guys like Austin Reeves, like he's a smart player too. He gets in passing lanes. He um, can just, that. that's even something that D'Lo does good too, is he's a good player like off the ball on defense. Uh, he's a terrible on-ball defender, but off the ball, um, he's good at getting in those passing lanes. And, and how, I mean, one of uh, the Wolves' like biggest problems has been turnovers. And the, if this Lakers defense can cause turnovers, um, that could be some, some big problems for this uh, Wolves team. Um, but yeah, I mean, another key apart from defense would just be um, getting to the foul line. Um, we saw that as a huge problem in the first game, or not in the first game, but this last game against the, last game. the, the, yeah. the Wolves. Um, really, like <laughs> when the the Wolves get in foul trouble, it really throws them out of whack. They just start complaining about fouls and stuff, and. I mean, I, I do understand it. I, I, I think that we get a bad whistle at times, but you can't just let it affect your whole entire play. Um, and I think that's something the Lakers do well, too, is they, they get to the line the most out of any team, especially post-All-Star break. Um, and then they give up the least amount of fouls, too, which uh, seems a little fishy, but um, it is what it is. Um, and that's going to be something that the Wolves have to deal with. And if they can't overcome it, I mean, it could be a long night for the Wolves. Right. And you see a lot of championship teams being able to overcome some of those calls, 
especially later in the games. Adam, uh, question for you. You know, the Lakers have a lot of players that have, you know, formerly played for the Timberwolves, being Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, D'Angelo Russell, hashtag D'Lo. Are there any of those players where you're feeling like, you know, this could be um, not only game-changing for this play-in game, but also being able to maybe know some of the players plays that the Timberwolves might use, uh, maybe some insight towards um, this possible matchup, but also do you think there might be a little revenge on their mind as well? I think for sure that's definitely on their mind. I mean, the one bright side about this this whole game is we get to see a bunch of Timberwolves players play, you know, a full game. And, of course, LeBron and AD. But um, besides the fact... What, the Minneapolis Lakers? <laughs> hey, it's just all it's, it's all teams from Minneapolis. So, I mean, it's going to be a good, good game either way. But, of course, there's definitely going to be some, you know, people button heads, you know. I mean, ex-Timberwolves players kind of, you know, yapping. And they're definitely going to probably be familiar with some things that the the wolves are going to be running and i i definitely think the one or two big factors of the game is going to be jared vanderbilt i think he's going to be a huge factor in that game definitely knowing the uh the experience of the timberwolves team and organization and the way that he is as a player, he's kind of a grit and grind player. He's going to get you with those boards, and he'll get you those inside shots. He'll play that. He'll play decent defense. And I think we're gonna, we're definitely going to be looking at what uh, D'Lo does in that game. And I think that's going to kind of teeter on the way that the game's going to go. And I think if if D'Lo has a good game, we might see kind of a blowout game towards the Lakers. I don't want to see that being a Minnesota fan. You don't want to see that, but I'm just hoping for a good game and a decent, you know, decent matchup. But uh, it's going to be, I think it might be a little tough to watch. And I think we, I think I saw the Lakers just picked up Tristan Thompson. So that just means more added size. Oh, please I, I don't mean, tell me. Please don't <laughs> tell me Tristan Thompson is going to have any experience. I, he has experience, but he's not going to have any role in this. No, I mean, he might not, but that's just more added size towards the Lakers roster. And with size the with Minnesota, with Minnesota six, already being, he's like 6'10", six, 6'9", six, around there. But still, like, the Timberwolves were already kind of lacking depth and in size, losing Jaden McDaniels. But I think either way, we should see a decent matchup. But we definitely got to look out and kind of minimize, you know, the role players on LA. Kind of like Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley. Kind of watch him on the perimeter and uh, see what Delo's up to that game. Yeah, I think D'Lo could possibly have a huge game. Uh, we've already seen the types of moves that he's had on Mike Conley. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, definitely check out when D'Lo was on the uh, Wolves and absolutely, um, I would say, took Mike Conley's ankles on a play 
for a nice little bank shot. So uh, that'll be an interesting matchup to look at. Um, definitely having Jay McDaniels out is going to be huge, especially in this game. You need somebody who's going to be able to guard LeBron. You need somebody who's going to be able to guard those bigger wings that the Lakers have. Um, Matt, are there, you know, what would be the keys to victory for this Wolves team if they were to pull off this upset being, you know, six and a half point underdogs? Yeah, I mean, for the Wolves, uh, I think a big part of uh, staying in this game will be uh, just taking care of the ball. I think that's kind of been uh, the crutch of the Wolves all season long. It's just there's times where we're just really careless with the ball, and um, that can turn a 12-point lead like we had against them last game into a, like, I think they went on, like, a 25 to, like, two run against us at one point. Um, Third quarter, yeah. And a large part of that is just careless turnovers. Like, when Rudy was, or not Rudy, uh, AD was, like, got hurt and was, like, laying on the ground, like, I don't know why nobody just took control of the ball and we were just, like, throwing the ball back and forth to each other. And, like, it was such a weird sequence. And we just can't let stuff like like that happen where we just start careless with the ball. Um That'll be our biggest thing because uh, this Lakers team is very, very good in transition. Um, and if if you let that happen and then are also letting them score in transition and then getting back on defense, they have a very good half-court defense, um, which has given us problems. Um, so that'll be one of the biggest things. And that, I, I think really think the biggest thing for the Wolves is that um, if we're going to win this game or if T-Wolves are going to win this game, like the, it's going to have to come down to Cat and Ant being stars. That They're going to have to show out. They're going to um, have to play up to, honestly, maybe even better than what they normally do because um, with a shorthanded roster, we need scoring. We need um, impact players. And we can't have Ant playing bad like he did last time. We can't have Cat going off in the first half and scoring like four points in the second half like we're gonna have to have two full games of basketball by both players um in order for us to have a chance um and i I think that they're capable of it it's just i mean whether or not they do it or not um i don't know Uh, one thing one matchup that i think is going to be really interesting is um the lakers made an adjustment in the second half of the first game putting hashimura on the cat and that was giving them all sorts of problems. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if they go back to that. Because um, Hashimura is like 6'8". He's pretty versatile. Um, and he's giving Cat problems. Um, so if they go back to that and it's still working, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it could be problems. But I think I think Cat should be able to take uh, Hashimura, look at the film, and see what he, was going on in that last game and be able to adjust. Right. Yeah, I think um, I think defensive matchups are going to be a huge, huge um, factor into this Wolves squad, especially with Jaden out. Um, who's going to be able to take on that role of guarding LeBron? Who's also going to be able to take on that role of guarding AD? Those are going to be the big questions in this game. Um, I think this game, you know, if you put if Jaden was playing in this game, and maybe Nas Reed as well. I think this game would be a lot closer than people would probably think. I know there's a lot of Lakers fans out there that would probably be like, this game's going to be a blowout. 
with those two out, it could quite possibly be. Uh, Predictions-wise, who do you guys think? We'll start with Adam. Who do you think is going to win this 7A matchup in the West? I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love to see the Wolves pull this one out. I, I could see it go either way. I mean... If, if, if we're talking about the start of the season, 100% I'm going with the Wolves. But, I mean, the way that the Lakers roster kind of adjusted, especially after the All-Star break, or, I mean, after the trade deadline and all that, I think the Lakers definitely improved their roster. Well, not so much their starting lineup, but definitely their bench, for sure. Their bench definitely got a lot better. Adding Malik Beasley, Vanderbilt, and then also getting D'Lo. I mean, I don't think D'Lo's the best starter, but he's definitely an upgrade. And I I do want the Wolves to win, but I think the Lakers have a slight edge, especially with McDaniels out. So I, I'm, I'm thinking the, the Lakers are going to take this one. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Matt, Adam's a huge LeBron fan, loves Lakers. So <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I, I bet that's a huge reason why he's picking the Lakers here. Matt, are you, are you going same reasoning behind Adam, or are you uh, a little bit different on this? Um, You know, I'm going to go with the T-Wolves to pull off the upset. I think uh, it, it's not likely, but I think that it would be nice to see the T-Wolves take on the Grizzlies again in the playoffs, and in order to do that, they'd have to win this game. Um, I think that's a little added motivation um, for them too, but I, I just I feel like if if Ant plays like he did today, I mean he had five steals, four blocks. If he can play defense at, at that high of a level against the Lakers, I think that would give them a chance. And I think uh, I mean we were the playoff or playing champions for a reason last year. We we love uh, playing. Um, we're we're definitely hoping to hoist that trophy again this year for the play-in championship um back to back we're looking for that so um is that even a thing <laughs> That's, yeah. I, 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 if we win if we win this game i don't want to see Ant dancing on the scoring table this year we are done with yeah, that this year this year it's actually going to be mike conley doing it um but <laughs> all right i'm fine with that i'm fine with that i mean mike should have had but, so yeah. many all-star game he should have at least had one or two all-star game appearances. Got <laughs> a little break there. But. Who are you going with? Um, as much as you guys think I would go with the Lakers here, I think I'm going to go with the Lakers on this one. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I just think, I for me, I kind of personally want to see a Minnesota Wolves Timberwolves uh, game against Denver. I think Denver is a little bit better matchup than Memphis would be, um, especially without Jade McDaniels. I don't think... Really? Really. Really. Yeah, I think... Careful what you wish for. I know. I know. I think the combination of Cat and Rudy can possibly give Jokic a little bit of problems. Um, Again, you're not going to stop Jokic at all. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying they're going to stop Jokic, but they can give a little bit of problems. And then also on the offensive end... Denver's not the best defensive team. So um, I think it opens up the paint and also, you know, driving lanes for players like Ant and Katz and Mike Conley even to 
maybe you know have high scoring totals versus if you were playing against you know a Memphis squad who has one of the best shot blockers in the game and also they're a pretty damn good defensive team in general so um but with that being said I mean I, I think the Lakers just have you know they're I mean the Timberwolves are catching the Lakers at a time where they're healthy they have a starting five where they feel comfortable with and role players that they're comfortable with. Timberwolves are running through, you know, especially in that last game, a lot of issues and also a big injury. So uh, I think that's the main thing of why I'm going to pick the Lakers in this game. Um, We're going to take a short break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk about Wednesday's game, April 12th, uh, between the Bulls and Raptors on ESPN. And we'll talk about... Um, what was the second game in the West? Um, Pelicans versus Thunder. Yeah, Pels and Thunder. Um, but we'll be right back. Welcome back in. Uh, Wednesday's games, April 12th. Uh, first game on the schedule is Bulls against Raptors. That'll be at 6 o'clock Central Time, 7 Eastern on ESPN. Uh, as of now, Toronto's favored by 4.5 points. Raptors are 2-1, and one, I believe, in the series uh, this season, uh, with only one game being under 10 points and coming at, I think it was at the end of February. Uh, in my opinion, I think this game will be you know, probably one-sided on either side. Um, and honestly, it doesn't really mean too much between these two if you win because you're probably, I mean, you'd have to win this game and then beat the loser of that uh, Miami-Atlanta game and then end up playing the Milwaukee Bucks. So um, tough, tough, tough schedule for uh, either or two of these teams. Um, Matt. Does Chicago have a chance at beating this Raptors squad who I believe they are, they're pretty, you know, just, they've only won one more game than Chicago, but Chicago's kind of came on recently. Uh, Toronto's kind of faltered a little bit, but also they were a lot better after that all-star break. What does Chicago have to do to kind of take this game? Um, you know, I think I think the Chicago definitely has what it takes. Um, I'd probably say that. Uh, no, I'd say Pascal's probably. Uh, yeah, Pascal's probably the best player in this this uh, game. I would say overall. Um, close, close with the. That's why I was kind of eh, back and forth. But I, I'd probably go Pascal overall. Just uh, I don't know. I feel like he brings more like completely. Like, oh, like all around. Like, I feel like I'd take Pascal on defense over Demar. Um, He's won a finals, gotten further in the playoffs as well. So, yeah. I, so I'd go with. I I always forget that Demar uh, played in Toronto for so long too. So this is kind of an interesting game, a little bit. Um, cause it's in Toronto too. If right, I'm pretty sure. Yep, in um, Toronto. Yeah. So this will be an interesting game. I think. Toronto is kind of a tough place to play too, so um, I probably give the probably lean towards Toronto. But I think the Bulls, especially if somebody like Vucevic can own his matchup with uh, 
Jakob Proto or Proto or whatever, however you pronounce Proto. it. Yeah. Um, I think if he can dominate that matchup, but I mean, he's been pretty good lately. Vucevic has, um, I know he struggled early on in the season, but lately he's been pretty good. And I think, um, this Bulls team, they need their, their big three of DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine and Vucevic to have a good game if they're going to, um, move on in this. Cause that, I mean, those three are pretty much like the ball, like almost the entire scoring of the, this Bulls squad. Um, they don't get a whole ton of scoring from Patrick Williams or uh, um, Crusoe or DeSumo. Um, sometimes, I mean, sometimes those guys can have some games here and there, but really it's those three that the bulk of the scoring comes from. Um, so I think the Bulls are going to have to have big games out of those guys. Um, then for the Raptors, I think the Raptors really just have to... Um, Really tune in. I think the Raptors are a better defensive team than the Bulls are, so the Raptors are going to have to be good on defense. Um, I think they're going to have to make things tough for Zach Levine. What? Why are you giving me that look? No, I'm just, I'm just saying. Bulls have definitely gotten better on the defensive end. I mean, bringing in like Patrick Beverly, they have Alex Caruso, Patrick Williams isn't that bad of a defender as well. Um, I think they got some good quality defenders in Chicago as well that can make it interesting. Yeah, I'm saying, just saying in general, the Toronto's better defensive team, in my opinion, uh, when it comes down to it, like starting five or starting five. Because um, I think Scotty Barnes is a good defender. OG's one of the best defenders in the league. Uh, Pascal's a good defender. Um, Fred Van Fleet. Jakob's underrated. Yeah, Fred Van Fleet's pretty good his hustle stats are off the charts um even um gary trent's been pretty good but he, he's been coming off the bench now that uh Jakob, uh which has actually been kind of nice to have more of a good bench score um i mean I, overall i think this match is going to be pretty pretty good one i think this could be the best game of the play-ins um just of like these first ones we don't know the second ones yet right yeah, Adam. Um, you know this this game. I think you you know Bulls are that type of team that has. I mean, they probably have two out of the top three players in this game in Demar Derozan and uh, Zach Levine, and then you, like Matt said, probably put Pascal in there. You could make a case for Fred VanVleet as well. Um, is there? You know, between these two teams, like, are, are you? Do you think if it's does it favor one of these teams? I mean, it definitely favors Toronto a lot better if it's a low-scoring game. But if the Bulls get off to a hot start, you know, do you can you see a team like Toronto maybe coming back in this game, or is you know is that going to be too much to ask for? And then vice versa if Toronto's playing good defense. I think a hundred percent. Like Toronto would be more and more in this game than the Bulls would be later on in the game because I mean we we look at Toronto, we look at the Bulls. They they both have great starters, but it, right. it comes down right. to their bench unit. And then when I look into their bench unit, I, I I think Toronto has a way better second unit than the Bulls in terms of scoring too. 
and that's that's technically what you want out of your second unit. You want scoring and a little bit of defense. Yeah, I think that's what Toronto has. Yeah, Gary Trent off your bench. Um, even like a guy like Thaddeus Young off your bench. Uh, I know they picked up Will Barton, who hasn't really played, but he's a good uh, offensive player as well. Um, I think you got Precious, Precious Chua, yeah. Chris um, Bosher, Boucher, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Boucher. Yeah, I I think both these teams have some some weapons off the bench. Um, maybe Toronto more than Chicago. Um, is there anybody on Chicago though that you're looking at that maybe? Because it's it's, I mean they have good quality defenders, but you know is, is somebody like Derek Jones Jr. Can he step up? Can you know I think, Kobe I think White? We to, yeah, we we need to see because we've seen Kobe White step it up in some games. We've seen this season. recently too, right? But he's he's had to. So I mean. It, is he going to do it in the play-in game? I mean, we have yet to see. But we, we, what we do know is Toronto has phenomenal defense. But we, what we don't know is how they're going to do in the scoring column. Right. Yeah, I mean, Chicago definitely has a little uphill battle upon them, um, especially being that 10 seed. I know it's not that big of a deal that they're the 10 or 9 seed, but it it matters because they're playing in Toronto and Toronto fans, you know, we saw how crazy they can get, especially when they ha- they are in the playoffs. So, um, Matt. And t- Toronto was pretty good this, this season at home at being 27 and 14. That's a great point. Yeah. They struggled early on. Uh, we, I mean, a lot of people thought that they would make some trades uh, to get rid of players, but brought in Potal as an addition. Um, to try to make this playoff run. Matt, what are your thoughts on Toronto's chances of possibly coming out of this 9-10 matchup? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, for for Toronto, it's really just going to come from their starters. I know you guys are talking a little bit about uh, their bench, but really, I mean, this is... Nick Nurse is known to just play uh, his starters a ton of minutes, um, and that's really his philosophy. Um, he plays Gary Trent a decent amount, too, off the bench, but really nobody else gets over, uh, like, 15 to 20 minutes um, off the bench, whereas the Bulls will go a little deeper. They got, um, like, Patrick Williams comes off the bench sometimes. He did last time they played. Um, so I think for Toronto – Really, their starters just have to do good. I think um, a big like X factor in the game will be Fred Van Fleet. Um, last game, he was one for nine from three, um, and they still won the game. He only had three points. Um, so if they can just even get a little bit wow. more out of him. Like, I mean, if you hold Fred Van Fleet to three points and you still lose the game, that's uh, pretty bad. Um, but I think just in general like they're they're just gonna have to be good on defense the bulls are um you're gonna need hopefully Caruso. i think Caruso's playing isn't he um i know he had kind of been in and out of the lineup um but that'll be important for them yeah i mean as of now chicago has nobody on their injury report so uh good chance that they have everybody going um yeah, I mean, like you said, Matt, I, I think, you know, Toronto has like four out of their five starters in the top like 15 minutes played this year, 
which just shows how much Nick Nurse counts on his starting lineup to just be able to produce not only you know on both ends, but also throughout the entire game, which is a lot to ask for. Um, you know, I, we mentioned a little bit about their reserves, but you know, in a play-in situation where it's you know win or go home, especially on your home court. I think, you know, Nick Nurse is going to probably count on his stars once again. And it's going to come down to, you know, Pascal Siakam to have a big game, but also have, like you talked about, Fred Van Vliet step up, uh, you know, Gary Trent come off the bench, put up, you know, big numbers off the bench. And then, you know, count on those, you know, Scotty Barnes and OG minutes to be able to knock down open shots, but also take away some of those uh, ball handling opportunities from Fred Van Vliet and Pascal to be able to get the offense going when things get a little bit, you know, st- you know, stuck a little bit. Um, but uh, moving into predictions a little bit, uh, I think personally, I think I have, I'm, I'm going to take the wild card here. I think Bulls get off to an, a hot start on the road. I think Zach Levine takes his game up another level. I think DeMar DeRozan, uh, wants a little bit of revenge of how things ended in Toronto. And I think the Bulls take this one uh, in Toronto. Adam, who you got for this matchup? Yeah, I mean, that's who I have going. I have Toronto just solely because I know Nick Nurse is going to ride on his starters. Well, I picked Chicago. I picked Chicago, though. That's fine. You can pick Chicago. <laughs> you made it seem like you were agreeing with me, but you went with Toronto. But all good. No, 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 no. All good. No, no. Don't get me wrong. Like I think, I think Chicago definitely has a chance. But like, I think, I think Toronto definitely is going to be the favorite since they are known for being good at home. So I'm going to give it to them at home. Fair enough. Um, Matt, who you got for this? Uh... Wednesday night game. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with Adam. I think uh, Toronto can um, pull this one out at home. They're a really good home team. Um, I think one of the big factors in this game will be offensive rebounds. Uh, since the All-Star break, um, Toronto's been the third best offensive rebounding team in the league, uh, which is anytime you can get second chance points off of uh, offensive rebounds, that's pretty big. Um, and I think with the, the addition of Polo, I think they'll be able to um, be able to control the glass a little bit better. I don't, I don't think um, I think every single one on player on their team can rebound like pretty decent. Um, besides maybe Fred Van Fleet, just because he's a midget. But um, I'll, I'll go with uh, <laughs> I'll go with Toronto. I think they're damn. I think they're a gritty team. I, I, Ooh, I think damn. I think Nick Nurse is a much better coach than. Um, what the Bulls have, so I think coaching gets done here. Yeah, I hear you, but I mean, you didn't have to sh- throw shade at... How tall are you, Matt? Yeah, he's probably even taller I mean, than Fred me. Van- I just, Fred Van Fleet just... six one. He's just been, been kind of annoying this year a little bit. He's been way too up and down. Yeah, <laughs> he's no... I mean, he... You threw more shade towards him than you did Chris Paul, your most hated player last podcast. That's t- oh, dude, I got I got some more Jeez. for Chris Paul. Oh, can't wait, can't wait for their, our playoff <laughs> breakdowns. But um, moving on to our last game on Wednesday night, 
we have the Thunder at the Pelicans at 8.30 Central, 9.30 Eastern on ESPN. Uh, New Orleans is favored by five points um, in that game. Uh, starting off with uh, just the Thunder on, you know, just their ways of, you know, being able to win this game. I think Thunder have to count on Shea to just, he's going to have one of the, those games where he puts up not 30, not 35, around 40, 45 points. And then, you know, it's tough. You got to probably count on that rookie Jalen Williams, who's been really looking good in that uh, rookie ladder recently. Um, but I think going into this game, it's it's going to be protecting the paint for this Thunder squad. They've been one of the worst teams at protecting the paint. Uh, don't really have a true center at that position. Valanchunas. Um, in spots has been able to own that paint uh, and Brandon Ingram um, guarding ba- Brandon Ingram shutting him down I think is going to be a big part in this um, and I think somebody like Lou Dort can either you know jump onto CJ McCollum or Brandon Ingram I think he's a great defender doing that as well we've seen Jalen Williams in spots as well but Matt, um, what are your thoughts on this Thunder squad if they can even, you know, compete with this Pelican squad? Um, huge victory, though, for them to be able to make it into the play Yeah, I mean, I, I think they could definitely at least compete. Um, it's kind of an interesting matchup. This could uh, potentially be like a, a conference finals, like in a couple of years, with two teams that have both young cores, um, both progressing, but. Um, as for this year, I think, you know, it was great that the Thunder made it. And I think um, they have a lot a lot of, um, or like a bright future ahead of them. Um, but I, I just don't see it this year. I think anytime you have somebody like Shea, um, he's going to give you a chance. I think he's going to have to have a huge game if they're going to win. Um, and they're also going to need some, some support from other guys too. Like, I think. Giddy's going to have to be able to put up some points, just knock down some threes, too. Um, I don't know. I just, uh, I think the Thunder have a good team. I think they'll just get killed kind of, like, inside, though. The, the Pelicans have a pretty good, um, We, I mean, we saw it today in, in the T-Wolves game. They just have such a versatile team, too, like, where they can have, like, five guys of, like, six foot all six foot nine all out there at once besides cj so like four six nine players and then cj who's not too short um and that that kind of throws like some wrinkles at teams that they're not used to and then if they want to go big um they could pound them with joval and honestly i don't think they have a single player that can guard joval down low um not at all i mean he he's a big reason why rudy was in his feelings in this pass game with the Wolves was I mean he put up like 12 boards in the first half he had like a double double in the first half um, leave but, it to Matt to just bring up the Timberwolves struggles <laughs> once again <laughs> I, I, I had to do it but um, that could I could see that being um, the hardest part for the Thunder if they decide to go big um, if the Thunder are able to keep uh, Jovel off the court though by either getting him in foul trouble or uh, forcing them to go with a small ball lineup, um, then I think this game could be this could be an interesting game because um, uh, they the Thunder actually have a lot of versatile players too. Like, um, right? 
you know, like Jalen Williams is a good defender. Um, obviously, Lou Dort is. Shea's not a bad defender. He's one of the highest steal leaders in the league this year. Uh, Giddy's, he's a decent defender. He's at least got size. Um, but yeah, I mean, this could be an interesting matchup. Um, I probably lean more towards the Pelicans, but. Yeah, I think we all would, but. Um... You know, Pelicans are three and one on this season series. Adam, do you give the Thunder any chance at winning this game? Honestly, I I don't know. A little a little part of me wants I know, the Thunder I, to actually win. I feel like game. I want to give them some credit too, just because of how well <laughs> they've shown it throughout the season. Yeah, but right. It's tough to believe in them because we haven't seen them really in a playoff situation since like the Russell Westbrook. Know. You know, KD, James Harden days. I'm also looking at it as like a, you know, just in case if the Timberwolves lose, <laughs> I would rather play <laughs> Thunder than the, the Pelicans. Wow. Yeah, I was actually thinking I the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so predicting this, we're all picking OKC on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Bias, biasly, no, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I would definitely want the the Thunder yeah. to win this game. But I, I honestly do think that it it definitely could be an interesting game to watch. Like, I, I would I wouldn't put it past any team to take take a W on this game. Yeah, especially. No, I agree. Like, but I, I just I feel like Pelicans just have so many players on their team that give this OKC team just matchup nightmares. I mean, you know, they have defenders that can guard Shea, bigger guys that usually give him a little bit of issues, and uh, Matt's favorite, Trey Murphy, the third. Uh, They have Herb Jones, who's a great defender as well. Um, And then even for Giddy or some of these other, like, guards that they have, I mean, if is Elvarado coming back? I think he should be back, right? I think, he, I think he's back, oh, yeah. Is he? Or even like, is he? Uh, even like a taller guard like Dyson Daniels, who's, you know, a rookie that a lot of people haven't talked about. Um, he's been a really good defender and passer as well. Uh, and then you got, I mean, the best player in this, I mean, maybe second best. I think Shea would probably be the best player in this series, but, or not this series, but this game. But Brandon Ingram, I think, is just. I think he's ready to take that next step, and I think he takes that next step. He also has that backcourt guy in CJ McCollum. Uh, Larry Nance has been there before. Um, Josh Richardson, Garrett Temple, um, and then hopefully, you know, if they can win this game, be able to get Zion back, which I think would be huge not only for the Pelicans but for the NBA just to see Zion in a playoff, you know, matchup. Dude, if if we if the Timberwolves lose and they have to play Zion and the Pelicans, we're no way that second play in. No way in hell we're winning that game. That's tough. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I I feel like Zion won't come back unless they make the actual playoffs. The actual playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, if he came back early, I would be kind of shocked, but. all signs kind of point to him like coming back during a playoff series. Um, 
which kind of makes a lot of sense because they are the nine seeds. So like they have to win this game against the Thunder, which um, I think we all probably have Pelicans winning this game, but then also having to play one of either the Lakers or the Timberwolves just to make it into that eight seed. Um, so it'll be interesting to kind of see how that goes. Um, Friday's games, um, you know, like I said, uh, depending on, you know, I think we'll talk about it a little bit more on, on maybe a podcast on Thursday night. If that works for you guys, um, we'll probably go over those, that April 14th game or games between, uh, you know, the teams fighting for that eight seed. Um, one of them could be the Pelicans. One of them could be the Timberwolves. Um, Atlanta, Toronto, Chicago. Um, I think all are going to probably battle for that eight seed. So uh, it'll be interesting to kind of, you know, see who's going to come out, um, not only in that seven or eight seed. But we appreciate you guys if you stayed till the end. Um, congratulations to the teams that made it into the play-in. Uh, huge um, for not only Patrick Beverly in making it in, Huge for a lot of teams as well. So we'll see how the plan goes. We will have another episode coming out probably either Friday or Saturday uh, after the plan situation. We'll talk about playoff matchups, breakdowns, go over a bunch of those teams. We'll probably break it into like a two episode segment. East West. Right. We might do East on like Friday West on Saturday break it down that way and then um make sure to follow us on any of our social ma- social platforms on you know twitter instagram facebook tiktok um we will eventually have some stuff coming out on youtube as well maybe some shorts um so stay tuned for that um oh also if you guys have any you know comments questions concerns send it to our gmail account or just Take us in the comment section below. Um, until next time, guys, from the Shot Side crew, peace out. Peace. peace. peace.